This podcast contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Creepy Cannabis Podcast, where we chat all things creepy, cannabis, true crime, paranormal, and weird. I'm Madeline. I'm Rachel. And we're back. I was going to sing, and I was like, don't do it. Don't (laughs) do it it. this time. You were like, ow, I'm picking up what you're laying down. We're back from another unexplained break. Listen, it's very explained. Um, We're lazy bitches, and it just didn't happen. Sometimes, like, we don't communicate our timing, though. Yeah, we we were planning to do it, and then Rachel made plans like an adult does, and I was just assuming. Listen, I made plans for the first time in my life, and it was kind of a mistake. What are you gonna do? Um, Guys, listen, here's the most important thing. We had a follower... A whole person mm-hmm. request an episode, and it was too much pressure. I was like, "Oh my god, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me!" And then I was like, "What if I disappoint her? Like, what if she's disappointed in me? What happens if she's disappointed in me?" And I couldn't handle it. And I'm trying to research the request, which was like essentially badass women who fought back. But as you can imagine, did the media report on that very often? No. (laughs) No. So it was very difficult. So I am actually talking about the specific story she referenced in addition to another story that is one of my favorite stories in addition to like a little snippet of a third story that I'm into as Maddie blazes up in preparation. (laughs) What hast thou blazed on this fine day? This strain is called Maglandris, which oh. is like very fucking, just, I don't know, it seems like it's a CIA <laughs> or something, some like secret agent, but it's called Maglandris. It's a 100% pure Iranian Landris strain, which, what? I didn't know Iran had weed. I mean, I'm sure they do. Weed is a naturally growing plant that's been around for, since like 10,000 BC, but... <laughs> You just don't picture, like, I wonder what the weed game's like in Iran. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it, well, I guess it was brought and grown in Illinois, transplanted from Iran and brought and grown. Who thinks, let me go to Iran, get this weed, and you know where's a good spot? Illinois. And why Maglandris? But, you know. And so this is an indica heavy strain. Um, it usually has like 25 to 30% THC. This one, ooh. Oh, okay. I just punched my computer. This one specifically is only at like 18% so pretty low pretty low that's lower than their range <laughs> why are you talking about her like that she's low she's 18% is okay it's a, it's a reasonable amount and um, it has a naturally rich terpene profile with high levels of caryophyllene, myrcene, limonene humulene uh, Mercine's going to be really sedating and relaxing. The limonene is a little bit more uplifting, so I guess it's got kind of a little mix of both. I like the smell of this one. Because mm-hmm. I'm congested because it's the morning when we're filming this time, and I'm allergic to my five cats. <laughs> so in the morning after they've cuddled me all night, I can't breathe, and I can still smell it. 
And, well, of course, I'm starting with this. If you are able to find the strain at your dispensary, it's good to have on hands for evenings and lazy days without much on your schedule. So, um, anytime during quarantine. Woo-woo! <laughs> yes. Um, basically, you get um, an influx of euphoria that fills your mind with pure happiness. Oh, and then... It begins to spread through your body with warming waves of tingly calm, leaving you completely relaxed and pretty sleepy at times. Wonderful. Good thing I have coffee as well. And with its moderate THC level, it's said to be perfect for treating conditions such as depression, loss of appetite, nausea, chronic pain, ADD, ADHD, all that stuff. And I actually, like, I, when I'm butt tending, will... Um, I was talking to this guy the other day and he was like, yeah, I don't understand like people that like indica strains or indica heavy strains. <laughs> Just had to puff a little bit. Um, indica heavy strains. And I was like, well, for some people like me sometimes, when you smoke an indica, it's almost like somebody with ADD taking Adderall. Yeah. Someone with ADD that takes Adderall is calmed. Yeah. If you take Adderall and you don't have ADD, you have just taken methamphetamine. <laughs> you are cracked out. You are hoit. <laughs> but when you have ADD and you take it, it actually calms you. It, it works to calm you. So a lot of times people with anxiety, <laughs> anxiety or ADHD, if they smoke a sativa and it's got that energizing effect, it's going to increase their anxiety. Whereas yeah, something that's sedating will actually not necessarily be too sedating to the point of like sleepy or debilitating no, but it will it, almost counteract your anxiety yeah so i don't smoke on the podcast but i smoke let's not be ridiculous and i have severe anxiety like the kind where i will wake from a dead slumber and be like i forgot to put that message into a doctor at 3 42 p.m and bleh, i can't sleep now until tomorrow when i put the message in it just like this like if you think about the same feeling it gives your arms and your legs where they mm-hmm. feel like a little heavy and relaxed yeah. i feel like it does that same thing to your brain so your brain is like okay but if you're yeah. not a person with anxiety your brain's not functioning at like that hyperactive level so that mine is so it feels yeah you feel like oh my god and that happens to my husband so he'll get really paranoid because he doesn't like the lack of control where i need the lack of control because i have too much that i'm trying to control at all times yeah it's really like ideal yeah i mean let's be honest i just take edibles and um have giggle fits until i die edibles are great um can i just tell them about you finish your story and then I'm going to tell them yes. my story. Basically, it's just like a narrow olive green nug with dark purple leaves, which is kind of cool. And then like really like crystal clear trichomes. It's a very pretty oh. nug. She's beautiful? Yeah. Um, is that it. Okay. So <laughs> I-, I can't tell the whole story because it is explicit. Um, but I gave my husband his first edible the other day. <laughs> And we decided to both take one because we're under a lot of stress, like prepping for fertility treatments. That is very stressful, especially going into your fifth one. You know, it's we've had four miscarriages. It's exhausting. You know, we wanted to relax. And I'm just here to let you guys know. It's not that I'm like out here, like telling little children they should do drugs. I'm hoping little children aren't (laughs) listening to like murder podcasts. But I'm just condoning whatever you need to do as a human being to bring joy and peace to your life. And he was like, of it as a medicine. He was like, it's not hitting me. It's not hitting me. And it hit me pretty instantly because I hadn't eaten much that day. That's the worst thing you can say. You've just taken an edible. 
so we decided we were going to attempt intercourse. Um, and then it hit him. As one does. And all I'll say about it is we definitely spent a good 45 minutes trying to figure out how a man and a woman can have intercourse. <laughs> how does this Lego set line up? Um, so then we kept laughing. We couldn't figure it out. And then he went dead weight on my body. So I was just like, how are we ever going to do this um we figured it out because i'm a professional um and then afterwards <laughs> after um all i remember is standing up spinning around my shorts for 45 minutes and sean finally being like what are you doing and i was like i try to find the front <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing because <laughs> i just had to pee so bad that i held it the entire time because i couldn't go out into the hallway naked so i was trying to get my shorts on um, so he put them on for me, and um, they were backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we passed out. Um, it was glorious, and it was so funny. There was so much more that happened that I'll just have to treasure in my heart until I die. Yeah, but it was sure. Maddie got the whole story, but mm-hmm. it was <laughs> delightful. Beautiful. <laughs> That's a work it. of art. <clears throat> okay. I've also decided in the past I've been a little bit too cavalier about my storytelling, and I just want to be a little bit more focused mm-hmm. in my stories. You know, okay. I, get, I get on my... Um, a lot of our stories have to do with violence against all kinds of people, but a lot of violence and sexual violence against women, which is super stressful. And I get really soapboxy about it because it pisses me off. Like, just the other day on my Facebook, a girl from the area I live was selling women keychains that were equipped with sanitizer and chapstick, but also mace, knuckles, and that big a knife. Stick. And I'm just like sick of it always being like, well, here's what you can do to protect yourself, not here's what you can do to not be a predator. In Correct. any case, male, female, regardless. And so I, you know, I get a little soapboxy because I get a little, ex- you know, it's exhausting being a girl. It is. And probably there's all types of exhausting situations that I can't understand because I'm not those things. So sometimes I get a little hyped. <coughs> but I'm just going to focus it in on this episode. And um, I don't need to get soapboxy because these ladies handled it. They did. Themselves. Um. <laughs> was zero help and the first lady um which is one of my favorite stories of all time like they're all sad let me just be clear like i don't enjoy when murder has to occur well but when someone is being attacked by another person who intends to do them bodily harm and they defend themselves it's like yes girl yes you gonna die yes like that person should not have done i feel no sympathy i don't it's not that I feel sympathy. I feel sympathy for the person that has to take another person's life to defend themselves. No one, yes, and we'll talk true. about that in this story. It's just that that doesn't come up a lot. It's like these people are traumatized. You it's don't, I don't want to kill someone. You know what I mean? Regardless of if they're trying to kill me and yeah. I know it's a justified kill, I don't want to be in that situation. No. And depending where you live, you may go to jail for the rest of your life for defending yourself. That's true. The state we live, if you do not follow a very specific set of defense parameters, you are going to jail for murder. If you're a privileged white person, you probably won't go to jail for murder. But I don't know. I don't know. I think if you live in an area where it's like all white, they got nothing else to do. Well, I don't have money. I sure don't. So I'm going going to jail. That's why I said privileged. (laughs) Yes. I, uh, I have, well, I have enough money to like... You know, do fun stuff with good lawyers are really expensive. Oh, I know. My husband had a great lawyer for his thing, and um, thousand dollars a minute. It didn't do jack, jack. Not a single solitary thing. 
So, the first lady I'm going to talk about is Donna Jackson. My mom's name is Donna, by the way. Um, so, I was trying to figure out the date of this, and I think I have the date correct, but that there could be some flexibility. But I'm going to say that what I believe it was was Friday, December 4th, 2009. At around 12.30 a.m., 57-year-old Donna Jackson called 911 to report that she was at home alone and a man was trying to break into her patio door. Um, and she told the operator that the man was screaming and threatening to hurt her. We are going to try at the end of this um, story to insert, like, the 911 clip because even though I'm going to go over the whole thing, like, it is really interesting to hear. And you can definitely hear him screaming a bit in the background if you really listen to it. Um, so she says, they, you know, she's already asked for help from the police that they need to get here and the operator, you know, lets her know they're sending them, but she lives in, um, I want to say it's, she lived in Nebraska. So like she's in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, that's great when you want to be separated from people, but it's going <laughs> to take like a hot sec for anybody to get there. Cause she was in the country in the middle of nowhere. Not good for emergencies. I don't even know how he got there. Um, and she says, they need to hurry. He's going to break this thing open, talking about her patio door. And when he does, I'll have to kill him, and I don't want to kill him. Um, for nearly 10 whole minutes, he continued banging at the door and yelling profanities and threatening her with harm. Um, the 911 operator was quoted saying, I can hear him yelling at her. I was scared for her. And, um, you know, she was worried. Like, she's trying to calm this lady down and... You can hear. I can't imagine being a 911 operator and having to listen to people like maybe die or be in fear of death. It's horrible. Um, <clears throat> the man picked up a patio table and threw it through the glass door <coughs> oh. and entered the house and she shot him in the chest. Um, the 911 dispatcher heard the glass breaking and the gun fire on the other end of the line. And uh, Donna said, I shot him. I'm going out front. I hit him. God help me. Um, please, dear God, I think I killed him. Please, Father in heaven. Oh, my God. Which is all horrible because, again, I feel so bad for her. Um, the suspect, um, they were suspecting it was a burglary. His name was Bill Riley. He was 53 years old. And they think he may have been under the influence of alcohol or <laughs> narcotics. Um, may have. Apparently, he was driving near her <coughs> home um, when he crashed his pickup truck. And it wasn't really immediately clear why he went there, but if he's under the influence, then that would make sense. But I just remember parts of the 911 call that I didn't put in here, because they're all in the clip that I want to try to record and put in. Um, but she definitely says, I'm going to shoot him graveyard dead. And I've never heard that before. Mm -mm. And I was like, oh, she's not playing. But she it's like, playing. it's a really long clip of her asking the operator, like, I have to kill him. What do I do? And the operator says, you know, you need to defend yourself. You need to take care of yourself. And I understand. So you said this was Texas. No, this was Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. Like, you know, middle of nowhere, Nebraska. <coughs> I'm not familiar with like their intrusion yeah. or like self-defense or gun laws, but the 911 Probably operator similar. definitely says, um, you do what you need to do. Like, I'm pretty sure those are her exact words. Do what you need to do to save yourself. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and I have tried really hard to find any follow-up because it was listed as a homicide um, mm. to see is you know, if she came up on any charges or anything. But I can't imagine with, like, sh I think the issue was she was very calm 
despite being terrified she was like but she said multiple times like i'm go and that's the other thing as he's approaching her so like it says oh he came in and she shot him no when he comes in she says please don't come near me i'm going to shoot you mm-hmm. i have a gun i'm going to shoot you i'm going to kill you and he kept approaching her over and over and Yo, over i really think they're invincible yes she waited until the last second before she shot him because Maybe she shot him like point blank in the chest he could have but also like i'm gonna be honest when i'm on edibles like i don't know anything going on i'm just living my life so like if he's on like harder drugs you know you don't know he could just be having a whole illusion he could be on acid thinking she's a unicorn with a freaking rainbow tongue you don't know that's not how acid works i have never taken it i'm just making broad stroke assumptions based on um movies i've seen (laughs) my main reference is dude where's my car and i think they do a little something I can assure you that that's not how it <laughs> I feel like that whole movie's an acid trip, so. Yeah. Sean Actually, that movie yes, and I, I love, love it. it. I love so it so much. much. He's like, dude, sweet. What does yours say? Dude. But what does mine say? Sweet. <laughs> I love that movie. Sean love hates it. it. Hates it. Um, so that, it was a short story. Again, I, it was because I want to try to include the clip, and I have a couple stories I'm trying to get through. We found a spot to put the clip in of the 911 call. We obviously shortened it quite a bit just to include, like, the bullet points. Um, so it's – I hope you – and I don't know. Should you enjoy it? Here it comes. It's happening. Okay, bye. Is he still banging? No, he's not banging, but he's walking around the house trying to find a way in. Oh, crap. He's at the back. Okay, County 13 is advising that you can defend your property if you need to. All right, he's he's at the garage. He's at the garage? Is it attached to your house? Nope, he's at the pat back patio door again. I can hear him banging again. I don't want to have to kill this man, but I'll kill him graveyard dead man. I understand. All right. You just stay on the line with me until you hear, until we know what county officer's on scene. No, I will. He's got a plastic chair. Oh, he's got it. He he's out of here, ma'am. I'm putting the phone down. She hung up on me. He, he came through the window. He came through the door. He threw a chair through the door. Also, county, she advised uh, not subject of throwing chairs through the door. He has to make contact. She put the phone down and said she was putting the gun on him. Contact the female Ma'am, and it's about through the house. I'm going to shoot. Oh, God. Ma'am? We did hear a start at all. Get somebody out there. Kendrick, are they really close? Can we get down for it? Ma'am, hurry. Dear God, hurry. Okay. Not yet. Hurry. Can you, is there, oh my God. Ma'am, is your phone a cordless go? I shot him going out front. I hit him. He shot him. God, help me. Okay, stay on the line. When she shot him, I need to get an email supper too. I dropped the phone. Oh, okay. please, ma'am. Okay. I know, ma'am. We're trying. Here. Oh, please, dear God, I think I've killed him. Please, Father in heaven. Please, Father in heaven. Oh, my God, ma'am. Ma'am, stay with me. Please, 
We are. We are. We're, we've got Stroud headed there, and County's trying to get there. Is John Tice anywhere from County? Tom County. Him, his wife, The next story. to defend yourself. Is the one that was specifically referenced by our one Instagram follower who used this as a reference for the type of story she wanted to hear. So while she's already aware of this story, it was. Mm, I wanted to tell it. I never heard it in my life. Me either. And it's from 2006. <clears throat> I pulled this up and I was like, Susan. Yeah. I had yes. never heard it. It was glorious. So this is about Susan. I believe the last name is Kuhnhausen or Kuhnhausen. I'm going to say Kuhnhausen. What did you just say? Kuhnhausen. <coughs> when you the see this one. woman's picture, oh, Con- <laughs> the second one that you yeah. said. Definitely Kuhnhausen. <laughs> so this story takes place on September 6, 2006, when 51-year-old Susan was returning home from her nursing job um, as a nurse in the emergency room of the Providence Hospital. I believe this was in Oregon. Um, she stopped at a hairdresser on the way home. Um, at the time, she was going through a pretty tough divorce, and she just wanted, you know, what most of us women do, like a new color, new nails, <laughs> something yeah. that's like, you know what, piece of the old me to let myself go for this douche for all this time. So she got home at around 6.37 p.m., did her normal routine, took off her shoes, was getting ready to chill for the evening like you know you're a nurse by yourself you're tired well yeah because she's getting <clears throat> divorced at this time so now she's alone great um she noticed that the house seemed like pretty dark and she usually left the curtains open in the morning before going to work because she's coming home by herself and she's like i'm sorry no that's a little if you weird. left and the curtains were open and they're well, like, you know, it's one of those things you do, and it's like, you don't remember. Like, die. So she's pretty sure. She's like, I think I left those open. But, like, you know, her brain's trying to work through. And I've said this many times. Like, your brain never wants to think you're, like, about to be in mortal danger. You're just like, oh, that must have been a mistake. Um, so she kind of dismissed it uh, for a few seconds because moments later, she spotted a man out of the corner of her eye coming out of, like, the dark shadows of her bedroom. Nope. Um, and he had like this red and black claw hammer and he ran towards her, um, like just aggressively swinging crazy in her direction. No. And he smashed her across the head and face. But Susan was like, nah, not today. By the way, and I think I say it later, she described herself as old, heavy set and out of shape. Not that day. That day, Susan. Uh, so he hits her. What? But it did not, um, what's the word I want to say? Incapacitate her. Yeah. Um, she was able to get on him after he hit her in the head and face um, and started fighting him, trying to get the claw hammer out of his hands. Like she was, they were tumbling. Holy and he shit. said to her while they were tumbling, you're strong. Oh. Uh, but he had no idea. No idea. He did not know how strong susan was um moments later susan managed to climb on top of him and pin him to the ground and she put him in a chokehold and she said she yelled at him tell me who sent you and i will call a fucking ambulance wow he <clears throat> did not answer what a queen um so he didn't answer he just attempted to throw her off uh so she strengthened her chokehold until he stopped moving and she strangled him to death oh my god 
UFC style laid him the fuck out. Oh, correct. I... Correct. God, she just strangled a whole ass man to death. Susan, she. I just. You know who's? Have you ever seen the movie, the show Superstore? No. For anyone who's seen Superstore, there is a chick that works at the store who's like in charge of everything. What is her name? I want to say it's like Dina. I'm pretty sure it's Dina. I will show you a clip of Dina after this and you'll be like, fucking Susan. Um, So Susan fled to her neighbor's house and called 911 and was quoted saying, we have an intruder in the house next door. The intruder was in the bedroom with a hammer. The woman who lives there thinks she may have strangled him. He was down when she left. Yeah, he was. As Susan um, was in the emergency room where she worked as a nurse for the past 30 years, she just like couldn't shake the feeling that her estranged husband Michael was involved in like attempting like a hit on her essentially she just they were in the process of getting a divorce and according to the affidavit they had her husband was distraught um but she was insisting on the divorce so she had wanted it um and news of the attack was like definitely circulating in the media at that time because this woman laid this hitman out essentially which, at the time, none of this is known, and we'll get into that. Like, it's just right now, like, this guy tried to attack this lady, but she's like, mm, I think Michael was involved. So, as this is happening, Michael writes a suicide note and purchases a gun. Oh, hell no. Um, and didn't contact his adult children for over a week before reaching out and asking if they could help him uh, check into a psychiatric facility. Uh-uh. Um, so, it took a while for police to get a hold of him. Um and he claimed he hadn't attacked her, uh, Susan, or hadn't contacted her, I'm sorry, after the attack, um, because he learned that she survived. So his, like, behavior was weird, and even though the police themselves weren't kind of, like, considering him at the time, like, they were like, that's kind of weird. Like, why wouldn't you call, like, you clearly know your estranged wife, like, you're still married, was just attacked and, like, almost murdered. Dick. And you're just kind of, like, not caring, but then simultaneously, like thought about killing yourself and like checked into a psychiatric hospital like you're so concerned about it it was really weird um they did eventually identify the man who attacked susan and his name was edward dalton haffey um in the beginning police just thought he was a burglar who had targeted the wrong house but susan was like no like he didn't attempt to steal anything he didn't ask her where her money was he literally hid (coughs) in wait for her to come home and then try to attack her yep and she said, no, he's here to kill me. Um, I don't know why. I don't know who he is. But his intent was clear. Um, <laughs> she said, nope. So she was not having it. She was like, absolutely not. Like, you need to figure out another alternative because that's not what occurred. <laughs> um, so they did launch an intense investigation. Um, and they were able to confirm all of her suspicions. So what happened is Hathi was hired as a hitman by Michael. According to the affidavit in this case, Haffy had once worked as a custodian under Michael at an adult video store. Wow. And he was addicted to crack and desperate enough for money that he would commit murder. Which is sad. Crack, man. It's sad that he's addicted to drugs. It's sad that another person preyed on that. It's sad that he lost his life because he was an idiot. In Haffy's backpack, um, police found a note which read, Call Mike, get letter. So, obviously, Michael was arrested and charged with criminal conspiracy to commit murder because your name is in a backpack of our attempted murderer. He's so dumb. Literally, 
Like, if you're going to hire a hitman, which don't do it, but, like, it's like me getting a breeder cat from a trash breeder, <clears throat> and then now my cat's sick till the day he dies. Like, <clears throat> hire a proper hitman and don't be cheap. You gotta spend 10 grand at least. Minimum. He clearly didn't. He just probably gave him 100 bucks for some crack. Oh, he definitely gave him 100 bucks Ugh. for some crack. So Susan and Michael had split up in 2006 when Susan finally picked up enough courage to throw Michael out of their house um, because of his anger and anxiety issues. Um, and she felt that she lived in fear too long and she didn't want to live like that. And Michael was reported as being super desperate for reconciliation, but Susan was just not having it. Clearly, when this woman knows what she wants, Wait she's getting it. Reconciliation? He tried to have her killed. No, no, no. This was like, so this all happened like pretty soon after they split up, from oh. what I can tell. Um, so they split up, I want to say probably in early 2006, and this happened later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, after she like refused his advances, his heartache turned to revenge, and he just got obsessed with it. And he started searching for hitmen to take her out. Um, three people denied his proposal before he eventually turned to Happy. Wow. Um, in the wake of the attack, obviously Susan was hailed as a hero. However, she did not really care for that because she said, how can you be a hero when you took someone's life? Um, and this is where she said, I'm a, a middle-aged woman in bad shape with bad knees. Um, however, in that deci- time, like I made a decision to live. Damn. Which, good on you, because I would definitely make a decision to freeze in fear and die. No, uh, um, I, I don't know what I'd do. Susan was given a chance to face Michael at his trial, and she said, you were willing um, for me to share your small, miserable life until death we did part, the sooner the better, as it turned out. At the end of her statement, she said, I am damaged by what you have done to me. I am damaged, but I am not destroyed. Hmm. And Michael, the little bitch boy that he was pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit murder and was sentenced to a mere 10 years in prison <coughs> what the fuck honest to god i can't even talk about it 10 years mm-hmm. 10 years um because apparently like conspiring to murder someone is you know whatever not um, a big deal after his sentencing susan sued him for one million dollars stating that she wanted to make sure he didn't have enough money to hire another hitman to finish off the job in the future Smart. So now this poor woman's living in fear because, like, she was strong when she needed to be. But, like, what if you go to the grocery store and the next hitman's coming to off you? Like, you don't know. Um, thankfully, Susan didn't have to worry long because in 2014, Michael died in prison from natural causes. Oh, good. And Susan felt relief from the news. Um, she said, I don't mourn his passing. Instead, I mourn the life he could have had if only he had opened his heart for those of us who cared about him. Hmm. Um, so that's the end of that story. She was not having it. Wow, she was not. She defended herself. She... That's so badass. It is, and it is sad, because she was damaged from having to kill somebody. Like, imagine the survivor's guilt and the fear you feel, like, every day living your life. Coming home, if you accidentally don't open your curtains, and she's gonna think, like, oh my god, is somebody in here to kill me? I know. It's horrible. Um, so... The last person I want to talk about. We've talked about many times before, and I'm going to go on record as saying I think I've given her the wrong name in the past. I think it's happened. Uh, Nicole Atkinson from the Chris Watts case. Yes. Nicole fucking Atkinson, you guys. Friend of Shanann Watts, um, who gave absolutely zero fucks as to what 
Chris Watts wanted um, when it came to the safety of her friend. Um, I'm definitely not going into the whole case. This case is very well known, been done a million times. But when we're talking about badass women, it just did not feel right to me to leave out Nicole because never have I seen such camaraderie from a person who was like, absolutely not. This motherfucker's not getting away with it. Um. So, essentially, the bullet points are she had dropped Shanann Watts off at her home around, it was like 2 or 2.30 in the morning after a business trip, and didn't hear from her the next day. So, that's kind of where we're picking up with, like, Nicole's involvement. Well, she was supposed to have, um, like, a doctor's appointment at 10 a.m. for the baby. Yes. So, Nicole calls and texts a bunch of times, and Shanann doesn't answer, which has her worried, but easy enough to brush off because Shanann's pregnant. She has a doctor's appointment. She could have overslept from being up so late. Like, whatever. I'll check in with her after her appointment. But when she still doesn't hear from her, she calls her doctor and realizes that she didn't make it to her appointment. And at that time, she was like, no. Mm-hmm. Literally, no. This would never happen. She knew her friend's routine. She knew exactly what she would do. And she was not having it. So she went on over to their house mm-hmm. and at the time Chris she could there. see no he wasn't there but they had i want to say they had like the ring doorbell mm-hmm. there was some way they communicated but she looked in the garage and saw her car in there with the two kids car seats yep and she reached out to chris and he was like oh no she's on a play date with a friend and she was like the fuck she is her car seats are here she's not toting her kids around without car seats absolutely Mm-mm. not Mm-mm. so he's like come on nicole just get over it whatever whatever and she said no i'm gonna call the police and he was like oh don't do that and then she called her parents to get the code to the garage oh that's right she did she was like i'm going in Mm -hmm. because i just put some bullet points because i didn't even like put all the information well the cop said he was like i can't go in unless i get permissions from the owner so she literally called the parents she was like what's the code to the garage i'm getting in (laughs) and they got in yeah um so this was when nicole had called the police to do the welfare check uh and bet she obviously was going Mm -hmm. she was there Mm -hmm. um so they do get in, as Maddie said, they had permission to get in. And he's there just looking around like a dum-dum. Um, and they find her keys and purse, but they're not really super convinced anything is wrong because her husband's there spinning this web of lies. But then Nicole finds her phone, like, in the couch cushions. Mm. And she's like, nope. nah, no, 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 no. literally no. Why would she no. go on a play date? Without her phone? Well, that's what she said. She was like, she would absolutely, she looks those officers down the eye, and she said she would never go anywhere without her phone. What if something happened to her children and she couldn't reach anyone? Like, she's a great mom. That's just not what's happening. Um, And not realistic. And like I said, her car's also in the garage. She was like, how'd she get there, Chris? How'd she get there, Christopher? Chris. Chris, how'd she get there? So, and you can see, like, pictures of her in the house. Like, she looks like a bad bitch. Like, looking at him, holding the phone. Um, so thanks to her being so aggressive about this, she was reported missing. Like, you know, at the time Chris is spinning whatever lies, she's reported missing. Um, and then as we do know, tragically, he did kill them. He killed his wife and their two children and that all came out. But what is so bad out about, badass about this to me, it's multiple things. She didn't hesitate. She knew immediately something was wrong and she was like, I need to take action. Yeah. She wasn't going to let it go until someone paid attention to her. Mm -hmm. She did not care what they thought. She did not care what he thought. She didn't have any regard for her own safety. She strolled over there. She had her kid with her. She strolled over there and was like, I'm ready to throw down with this guy. I'll kill this guy. (laughs) 
But also, imagine if she hadn't been that friend and he had had days or Mm -hmm. weeks Mm -hmm. to make up more excuses, more lies, and get away with it. Mm -hmm. I really believe my whole heart, because of her aggressive tactics, he was forced into a corner and did not have enough time to prepare all of his bullshit. And that's why he ultimately ended up confessing so early and just, like, they had all this fresh information and even in that case if you like do look into it there wasn't an overwhelming amount of evidence it did rely pretty heavily on confession confession, um which i do believe he got because like he knew this she was like no no sir and if she found all that you know she was gonna find everything else eventually like Mm -hmm. she i could picture that chick in there with a freaking black light what is it luminol i can just picture her in there like ready to throw down the fuck i don't think so there were a lot of other stories that Not really... That the story made any sense in the first place. They didn't take anything. The car was there. Her keys were there. Her wallet. Because her I phone. believe he was going to dump her car. Like, I believe he had a plan. Yeah. I choose to believe he was trying to get it all together. Like, oh, well, he yeah. had just disposed of their bodies when this was all occurring. And then he was at work. Because he did it. He did it at his work site. Yeah. And then I know he did, like, some other, like, he went to, like, a marina or some shit. I don't know. Fucking idiot. Maybe I'm mixing that up with the Scott Peterson case, actually. No, he didn't go to a marina. It was Scott Peterson that did. But there wasn't, like, a ton of evidence, like, without, like, his confession and, like, a lot more. Just imagine if it had gone. I mean, this was less than 24 hours that she was Mm -hmm. missing. And she was like, no, no, no. And you can't get a police officer to file a missing person's report. Not nine times out of ten before 24 hours or 48 hours or something yeah but like that is overwhelming evidence yeah it's like clearly clearly uh maybe one day i'll do that story but honestly that story really makes me sick and i just have a hard time with it so i was just like let me touch on the chick who was awesome but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not him He's or so that story because you're so gross Sean and I had to make a pact because of that story where I was like, if you ever just want to leave me for another person and you don't want me to take all your money, just say, hey, if you don't give it to me, I'm going to hire a hitman or try to murder you and our children. And I'll just be like, you know what? Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll take my life. Thank you. Like, fuckers. He's going to use that now to get everything. <laughs> Probably. You. He's like, I won't really kill her, but I'm going to tell I'm her. I'm think about it. <laughs> So that's all I have. I wish there was more. I wish I could have found better stories and more stories. And Those are really good. They exist, but man. Fucking Susan. Susan. She takes the cake, man. Like, I was like, you know what? I know that the subscriber already knows the story, but I don't. And I'm excited. Uh, I was pumped. I was pumped about it. I didn't put her foot paint paste i didn't put her face on the instagram post i'm gonna do the face of the guy from the first story just because like i don't think her beat up face needs to be plastered on there like she needs some dignity after Mm -hmm. what she's been through and i didn't want to do that to her Mm -hmm. ah so that's all for the story until next time my next story is going to be on um brandon tina from what's that um there was a movie adaptation of the story called boys don't cry starring hillary swank Mm-hmm. And it's regarding the rape and murder of Brandon Tina, um, who was a transgender man, and how that kind of uh, hate and whatnot went into the rape and murder mm-hmm. of him and some others. Uh, all I right. So I'll see you next time. Well, on that lovely note. <laughs> Good day. Bye. Bye.